Good morning, church. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Hello, Creston Church. We are glad you could join us for our remote worship service today. We pray that you will have a rich time of worship with us and that you might encounter the living God. We know that the living God is here, wherever here is for you right now. And he greets us with these words, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the fullness of the Spirit which is before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, and the ruler of the rulers of this earth. Amen. May God be honored and we be blessed as we worship him and hear his word today. Let us pray. Dear God, we pray for the sickness to be over and help all the people that are struggling through this time. Thank you for this beautiful day that you made for us to enjoy and for the comfort you put inside us. We are glad and thankful that we can still do church, but on our TVs. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. The splendor of a king, cold in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. From age to age he stands, and time is in his hands. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God at three and one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Name of all names, worthy of all praise, my heart will sing how great is our God. Sing you pour out all, turn back to pray. 
darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. to confess our sins before God. Let's take a moment to individually confess our sins, and then please pray with me. 
Our God, you are loving and you are just. We thank you that you let us come before you. Forgive us because we think of our own needs and wants before we think of others. Forgive us, God, for eating fancy meals while forgetting our neighbors, both nearby and far away, who are hungry. Forgive us for our pride, thinking that we can control everything when you are the one who has control. Forgive us for confusing our needs with our wants and forgetting that you promise that you will never leave us. Forgive us, God, for reading our news feeds more than we read your word and listening to our favorite political pundits more than we listen to your word. Our God, we know that Jesus called both a political revolutionary and a tax collector to be his disciples, two people with totally different views. Forgive us because we look down on those with different opinions instead of loving them and praying for them. Forgive us because we are quicker to critique others than to admit our own fault and to seek your forgiveness. Forgive us because we try to prove we are right instead of listening to our neighbor. Teach us, God, we pray, to fix our eyes on Jesus. It's in his good and powerful name that we pray. Amen. Our assurance of pardon today comes from Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me also includes our offerings. We've just been reminded once again of God's grace toward us, and our best response is to offer our whole lives back to God. Offering money is just one important part that we can do that. During these times of remaining apart, you may give your gifts using the postal system or our online giving process making sure to clearly designate which causes you'd like your offerings to be shared with. Today's special offering 
is for Resonate Global Mission of the Christian Reformed Church, and specifically for Micah Sherman, one of Creston Church's missionaries, and a fellow student of mine when we were at Calvin Seminary. Micah is a professor in Costa Rica at the Evangelical University of the Americas. We continue to pray for Micah and his ministry, as well as for his mom, Janet, who was recently diagnosed with leukemia. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and our denomination as well. What God has done and called us to do as a church in this neighborhood and city, and what God has called us to do as a denomination around the world. Please remember to check that Friday email. It contains all sorts of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. Even though we're limited in our physical comings and goings, it's exciting to hear how many of you are finding new and unique ways to serve God and each other and our communities. I'd like to share some prayer requests with you that we've received. Whenever I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Please pray for all the members who are confined to their rooms or find it difficult to get outside of their homes. People like Fran Wurst, Dork Call, Phil Marcus, Don and Beverly Chapel, Elaine Morris, Ben Maul, Dorothy Dieters, Twyla Ashley. I know that cards and phone calls would be greatly appreciated. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hope is scheduled to have some scans this coming week. Please pray for her and for good results. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Joel's nephew, Jory, had that spinal cord surgery and it went well. He seems to have been relieved from some of those symptoms that he was having. He has been in the hospital and out of the hospital a number of times with a fever this past week and has not been feeling so very well. The doctors are trying to figure out the cause of that fever and the pain with some more tests and another MRI. And I thank you for your prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We have a God story to share this week. This one comes from Julie Drenth. She was blessed by a beautiful poem in the May edition of The Banner on page 47, if you'd like to read it. It was written by David Shellhaus and it was entitled, A Singing God. He references Zephaniah 3.17, a favorite verse of hers. It goes like this. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Julie shares these thoughts about reading that article. David wonders about God singing how he sings, what he might be singing, and to whom. David suggests a mama singing a lullaby over her baby in a cradle. Julie loves this image and was reminded of an image that God gave her last November at a conference of her being swaddled and held in the father's arms. That image brought healing, since seeing God as father was always challenging for her. Julie continues this way, then David wonders if the song that God sings over us is called What a Wonderful World, made famous by Louis Armstrong. She loves the rainbow reference in this song, since there's a circular rainbow around God's throne in heaven, and since rainbows are a symbol of God's promises to us and very meaningful to her. Julie loves the thought of God singing over us at this time. We can hope for many things, including that someday we'll, we'll be able to do once again what that song describes, shaking each other's hands in greeting and communicating our love for each other. Thanks, Julie, for sharing this God story with us. Now I invite you, people of Creston Church, to join me in prayer. Let's pray. Center us now, O God on your presence in this place, in our many places, 
among your people, wherever we are. As we lift up our heart's desires, our soul's deep needs, our hungers, fears, and failures. As we have often failed to be obedient to your will in our lives as individual disciples and as church, we pray that you will forgive us and enliven us to be and to do the gospel of Christ. Open us to your Spirit's urgings and awaken us to live faithfully as your people in a changing, often hurting world. O oh God, for all the mothers who are still with us, and for those who have gone to be with you, we give thanks today. For those who mothered us, some in addition to our own mothers, some in place of absent mothers, we give thanks for them. For all the women who have been figures of grace and love in our lives, we give thanks for their meaningful examples to us. During this time of physical distancing, we wish we could be nearer to our mothers. We pray that this day brings phone calls and cards, love and light to them. Enable us to honor our mothers as well as the mothering women in our lives. Heavenly Father, we continue to struggle with the challenges brought on by COVID-19. We pray for all medical personnel. God, we pray for health, both physical and emotional, for all who work to bring comfort and healing. Surround them and their families with protection and love. Provide the supplies they need, as well as time for rest, exercise, and food. We pray for all first responders and law enforcement and government leaders. God, keep them well, keep them safe, give them wisdom, protect them so that they can serve us. We pray for all food supply workers. God, we thank you for those who put themselves on the front lines to provide food and make it available. Keep them healthy and safe from disease and injury. We pray for all who provide transportation. God, keep those safe on the roads who are driving trucks, vans, delivery vehicles. Protect them from fatigue, loneliness, and injury. Provide them with rest, showers, and nourishment that they need. We pray for all who provide and manufacture emergency equipment and medicine. God, give them ingenuity and wisdom to create and produce needed products and treatments for this virus. Help them persevere in the struggle to provide what is needed for healing and hope. We pray for all who provide education and care for our youth. God, our schools and colleges are empty. Give both educators and parents creativity, patience, and special grace in helping young people and little children continue to learn and grow in this stressful environment. We pray for an end to the pandemic. Oh God, destroy this virus and make it unable to do any more damage in our world. Only you, in your wisdom and almighty power, can do this. We trust in you for everything that we need in this very difficult time. Oh God, we pray for your blessing on us, this body of believers that we call Creston Church. Give your special wisdom to our council as they meet this coming week. Give strength to our staff as they continue to serve you and us from day to day. Enable each one of us to be used by you to encourage each other and to live lives that bring honor to you. We pray for those around us who need your care and ask that you would make us your instruments of healing, peace, and redemption. We pray especially for those we have named to you this day, for Hope, Jory, Micah, and Janet, and all those from Creston Church who are confined to their rooms or homes. We also pray for others in the silence of our hearts. Reveal your presence with them and with us, God of life, that as people of renewed faith and vitality, we may be empowered to serve your world and so give glory to you. We offer our prayers and our lives 
In the name of the risen Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. We thank our God that children continue to hide their, God's word in their hearts. They've even made some videos that show us their efforts. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. I am the way, and the truth, and the life, and the no one comes to the Father except for me. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In addition, our children continue to have the opportunity to join in on their own regular video time of children's worship. We pray for God's blessing upon each one of them. We once again have opportunity to read a portion of God's Word. Today's scripture comes from John chapter 14. This particular passage is one of the lectionary texts for this fifth Sunday of Eastertide. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We'll be reading the first 14 verses of John chapter 14. Once you've found that in your Bibles, I invite you to pray with me. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, May your word be shown. Amen. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Jesus is speaking. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, so that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, then you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Trouble. All of us know something about trouble. There's that song in the Music Man musical about trouble. Oh, we got trouble right here in River City with a capital T that rhymes with P that stands for pool. We surely got trouble. But many of us have had bigger troubles than the game of pool. Like the time your car broke down 
causing you to be stranded alongside of the road. Or there are more bills at the end of the month and there is money to pay for those bills. Perhaps you have some relationships that are very difficult and strained. It's possible that some of you are struggling with health problems. Some of you have experienced the death of a loved one and you find yourselves in that dark valley of shadow. And these days, none of us can avoid the trouble that is being caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. All of us know something about trouble. Trouble. It's what Jesus' disciples are dealing with in our text. Jesus himself is very troubled too. In chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus says to the crowds who were listening to him, Oh, my heart is troubled. And a little later in chapter 13, verse 21, while he was eating with his disciples, the Apostle John writes, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. Jesus knows that the time is almost here for him to die on the cross. He's been trying to get his disciples prepared for the time when he will not be with them. First for those three days between his death and his resurrection. And then again, after he ascends to the Father in heaven. The disciples are so confused. Jesus keeps telling them that he is going away, but they just don't get it. On this first Maundy <clears throat> Thursday in the upper room, Peter says he doesn't understand. Thomas says he doesn't understand. Philip says he doesn't understand. All they know is that they're very worried. They're very troubled by what Jesus is telling them. Their very best friend, their teacher, says that he's leaving in the middle of what is starting to look like a very dangerous situation at the hands of the religious leaders. They can't imagine what life will be like without him. Plus, he says that one of them is going to betray him and one of them is going to deny him three times within the next 24 hours. What a mess of confusing trouble. The disciples are not the only ones who have trouble. Some of us have days and weeks that might be okay. But when tough things happen, we begin to worry, to be very troubled about how things will work out. Those hard things take place in every part of our lives. Taking care of our homes and possessions, dealing with finances, struggling with our schoolwork, trying to work out difficult relationships with people in our lives, or taking one day at a time with tough health problems. A short perusal of the newspaper or the internet reveals that we face additional trouble in our communities, in our nation, and around the world especially as we struggle with the many challenges resulting from COVID-19. So much of this trouble simply seems beyond us to find solutions. But the biggest source of trouble that the disciples faced, and we face as well, is the huge trouble of our sin. Most of us are humbly willing to admit that we're not perfect doesn't take a lot of remembering for any one of us to find evidence of that sin in each of our own lives. The trouble with that sin is that without some sort of fixing, that sin blocks us from going to that special place with the Father that John writes about in our text. God the Father will not allow sin to go unpunished. When our earthly life is over, someone needs to pay the eternal deathly price for that sin. And barring any intervention, the buck stops right in front of each one of us. Even though Jesus is on the brink of his own death, he is fully aware of the worries, the concerns, and the troubles of his disciples. Listen to how he comforts them in verse 1 of our text. Do not let your hearts be troubled. It's not as if he's saying, don't worry, be happy. No, 
he gives the disciples so much more than that. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to believe. You've got to trust in God. And you've got to believe in me too. Instead of being troubled, trust in me. Believe in me. I'm going to go to a place for a while to get a spot ready for you. I'll be back soon. And before you know it, I'll take you with me to that wonderful place. I know, I know you're all confused. You're worried about all these troubling things that I've said are going to happen. But here's the deal. You know me. And that's the important thing. In order to get to the Father and his offer of eternal life, you have to know me and follow my way. In fact, I am the only way to the Father. I am the only truth in this world, and eternal life only comes through me. Believing in me is the only way to get to that special place, that special place where there will be no more trouble. Sometimes old Thomas catches a lot of grief for his doubt later on, on after Jesus' resurrection. And on this Thursday night, too, his wondering and his doubting are on high alert. But Jesus answers his questions with one of his most memorable self-descriptions in all of Scripture. Thomas receives an answer that gives all of the disciples hope on that night that seems so full of trouble. I am the way. Stick with me, a person, not some set of rules. Believe in me now while I'm with you. Stick with me even after I'm gone. Hang on to me the only way. I will take care of you. You know me. That means that you do know the way. Toward the end of his book, in chapter 20, verse 31, the apostle writes these words that we've read before in recent weeks. These things are all written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Believing all these things about Jesus is the only way to our Father in heaven. Believing. Everything that Jesus teaches his disciples centers on this one thing. Believing in Jesus. Believing that his death on the cross is enough to cover the punishment for the sin that each one of those disciples deserves. Believing all these things about Jesus is the only way to their Father in heaven. Notice that Jesus does not say that the disciples need to understand everything that Jesus is telling them. These ideas about seeing the Father in Jesus or that the Father is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father are mind-boggling to these friends of Jesus. In the middle of this scary evening, Jesus is not giving a lecture that needs total understanding. Jesus asked the disciples to trust him, to believe that what he will do in the next few days and weeks will enable them to come to the Father clean and forgiven. When the disciples believe this about Jesus, there's no need to worry about whatever might happen in their earthly life. Their future in the Father's house is all set. There's no more trouble. That same believing is enough for us too. When we put our trust in Jesus, our trust in the sin-saving power of his death on the cross, we don't have to worry about the troubles of this life. Our future in our Father's house is all set. There's no more trouble. The Bible is a very big book, so sometimes we try to summarize what it has to say into more concise statements. One set of those statements is the document called the Heidelberg Catechism. It's laid out in a question and answer format 
and the first question reads like this. What is your only comfort in life and in death? We could put it another way and ask, what does it mean to have no more trouble in life and in death? And the answer is one that many of us have recited over and over throughout our lifetimes and firmly believed. It goes like this, that I am not my own, but belong body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. No more trouble. Just like the disciples, sinners just like us, we've done many wrong things too. The only way out of that trouble is to confess that sin to God, realize that Jesus' death is the only way out of experiencing eternal death, accept that free, unearnable, no-strings-attached, amazing gift from God, and make a lifelong commitment to letting Jesus be our Savior and Lord of our entire lives. No more trouble for the rest of eternity in a wonderful place. No more trouble. In some ways it seems so simple, but we can get stuck if we think that there might be some other way, something we might be able to earn, perhaps. C.S. Lewis gives us a sense of this only way to the Father in the silver chair from the Chronicles of Narnia. In the story, Jill has entered a strange and magical country at the top of a very high mountain. And after wandering around for some time in search of water to drink, Jill encounters a lion who is lying between her and a delicious babbling stream. Jill is terrified of that lion, but she's also dreadfully thirsty. And the lion asks her if she's thirsty. She replies that she's dying of thirst. Then drink, the lion tells her. But she's too afraid to venture near the lion and asks if he would mind leaving while she drinks. She quickly re realizes the presumption of this request. She might as well have asked the whole mountain to move aside for her convenience. And meanwhile, the sounds of the running water are making her more and more thirsty. Jill asks the lion if he will promise not to do anything to her if she comes to the stream and drinks. But the lion responds that he makes no promises. Driven nearly frantic with thirst, Jill comes a step nearer without noticing it. She then asks the lion if he ever eats girls. The lion replies rather, rather matter-of-factly, I have swallowed up girls and boys, women and men, kings and emperors, cities and realms. When Jill tells the lion that she does not dare come and drink, the lion replies that she will then just die of thirst. Jill takes another step nearer and says, I suppose I must go and look for another stream then. But the lion replies, there is no other stream. There is no other way to the Father except Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way out of our sin trouble. Even though we claim this Jesus as Lord and Savior, we continue to face life with its many challenges, including things like taking care of our homes and possessions, dealing with finances, trying to work out difficult relationships with people in our lives, or taking one day at a time with tough health problems. Our entire globe continues to struggle with COVID-19, as well as with many other complicated issues, day after day as well. But we have hope.
in the midst of those troubles. There's even hope in the midst of the sadness when death comes to separate us from our loved ones. During this 50-day season of Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us a powerful reason to celebrate and take Jesus at his word when he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Whenever we gather at the table, the bread and the juice, they remind us, do not be troubled. The body and blood of our Savior has fully removed every sin. We don't need to be troubled anymore with the fear of being eternally punished for our sin. Now we have assurance of eternal life in that very special place, right there with Jesus. There is no more trouble for the future. That's enough good news to give us confidence that even in this life, with its many hard things, there's no more trouble. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in Christ Jesus, your Son, you promised many rooms within your house. Give us the faith to see beyond touch and sight, space and time, in order to get a glimpse of a vision of the heavenly city. And when our vision fails, help us to trust your loving promises, which never fail. Walk beside us, Lord Jesus, and help us shoulder the heavy burden of trouble, so that we can continue to bravely walk our earthly way. And may we look forward with glad hearts to that happy reunion and joyful feast when all your people will be gathered into your kingdom to live with you in peace and joy forever with no more trouble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Preston Church, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Jesus. Keep alert. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And now, my friends, hear God's words of blessing as we go our separate ways from this time of worship. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.